0: Welcome to the DPC NP. I'm your host, Amanda Price, family nurse practitioner with two decades of experience, including 16 years as a business owner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DPCNP. We have our guest today, Monica McKittrick Smith. She owns Impact Family Wellness in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, Monica.
1: Thank you, Amanda. I'm excited to be here today.
0: Yes. Yeah, so tell me, how long have you been a nurse practitioner?
1: So 15 years. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, I was one of those back in the day that went, I, I just took one year between undergrad and grad school. So I actually got my NP degree at the age of 25. And all of a sudden, I could like write prescriptions and tell people they didn't have to go to work at 25 and I was like man who decided this was a good idea uh but yeah so I've been doing this for 15 years now and for almost five years in the direct primary care world
0: Well, then I'm pretty impressed with the fact that you had some sort of entrepreneurial mindset to open up your clinic. So how did that get going? You know, it's a little bit crazy. Um, Actually, about a year before I started my practice, we joke
1: about this because I was playing tennis with this young lady and she told me that she had just graduated from college. And I said, oh, what did you get your degree in? And she said, entrepreneurial studies. And I looked at her and said, I don't even know what that means. Because I legit did not know what an entrepreneur was. And then, fast forward a year later, I was relocating to Texas from New Mexico and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life as far as being an NP. I'd done a lot of things from ortho to veins to urgent care, but I had always loved primary care because I was trained to take care of a whole person. And it was really hard for me. Like in the ortho world, I would see a patient be like, wow, your blood pressure is sky high. And I know how to fix that, but I'm not allowed. Like that's not, I can't do that. So I really love primary care, but it's exhausting in the insurance-based world. Um, so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then I got a Facebook ad because, you know, your phone it, it was listening to me and said, Hey lady, let me tell you this. So the Facebook ad said primary care physician takes home $400,000 a year and is home in time for dinner. And I said, well, that's a lie. And I clicked on it and it was all about direct primary care and the the basis of it and how it was growing. And I was like, Oh, this seems interesting. So I did a ton of research and I went to my MBA holding husband and I said, husband, I want to open a practice where I can see less patients, take better care of them, have more control of my time and make more money. And he laughed in my face. And he's like, listen, Monica, that sounds great. But you can probably have like two, maybe three of those, but you can't have all four. And I was like, but I can, I really can. So I dove in with two feet. I Googled how to write a business plan. I wrote a business plan, took it to my husband and said, listen, I need $20,000 and I'm not going to get paid for six months. And when I do get paid, I'm not going to get paid much, but I'm going to build this so that I can give myself the job that I want. And he was like, okay, fine. So there we had it. I That, that was the beginning. And. My intention when I started this practice was to do exactly that to give myself a job. It was going to be me in my little 850 square foot office that was way too big, but it was what was available. And I was going to get my 500 patients and call it a day. And that was it. And here we are uh, four and a half years later. And I am opening my third location in March. And I will have 11 employees at that point. So currently we just have those two, loca- two locations. Um, and I am starting my sixth provider on Monday.
0: That is Uh incredible. And I definitely want to get into the details of how that all got going. But -hmm. I wanted to also uh, let you know that I got into DPC from a Facebook ad as well. (laughs) All the good ones did. Watch out, social media will just direct you. Yeah, it was it was my answer to my prayer because I was going bankrupt Mm -hmm. in insurance world. So, uh huh, yeah. the The practice that
1: I'm opening in March is actually a current insurance based practice that is drowning. They're drowning,
0: and so we're transitioning that insurance based practice to a DPC. That's great. So mm-hmm. uh, talk to me about what it looked like when you first got your DPC practice up and going. How long did it take you to mm-hmm. get to the desired <laughs> number of patients? And then mm-hmm. after that, when did you decide it was time to bring on somebody else? And what did that look like? Um,
1: so I, I'm not sure. A lot of people start their DPCs transitioning from already having a panel. I actually moved to Texas Three weeks before I opened my office, so I did not have a patient following. I knew no one. I knew two people in all of Austin proper, and my office is in the North Austin area. Um, and those two people were my in-laws. And so I had to start from scratch. Where I feel like if you, I practiced in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for seven years before that. I feel like if I had started it in Albuquerque, I would have been able to start with a few more patients. Um, so I would highly recommend that if you can do it. But you know, sometimes you just got to start from scratch. So I had can. Convinced. launched my website in January, and then actually went live in person on April 1st, um, I had convinced 23 people before April 1st that I knew what I was doing and that they should join my practice. Um, by the end, and that was in 2019, by the end of 2019, I had a little over 250 patients, which I felt was really fast. Um, I was kind of surprised by this, but I just threw myself into the community as much as I could. I went to every networking meeting I could, cause I only had 23 patients. So there was nothing for me to do with the office. Right. So I would just go to lunch meetings in the chamber of commerce and mom groups and all the things, and just tell people that I existed. I mean, I was doing everything myself then, right? Like all the social media was me, my website was me. I cleaned the bathrooms, all of the stuff, right? I wore every single hat in my org chart, and it was exciting, but it was also a little bit exhausting. But it was, I was able to do what I loved, and that was take care of people. So um, end of 2018, I had 250 patients. By about the middle of 2020, so COVID happened, right? Um, but it really didn't slow things down. Like maybe one month where I didn't gain patients and it's because I couldn't talk to people. Right. And everybody was just like that April, March, April, it was just like, nobody was talking to anything. Nobody was doing anything, but I continued to grow. And so by the middle of 2020, I had about 350 patients and I was starting to get bogged down with administrative work. And I was like, man, I need like a virtual assistant or an administrative. I need somebody to do the crap work for me that doesn't take a nurse practitioner degree to do so that I can focus on taking more patients. And so I had reached out to a couple of Central Texas Facebook groups, and um, there was a nurse practitioner that reached out to me and was like, hey, I currently work for a DPC, but I want to work for your DPC. So when you're ready to hire, um, can I just talk to you? And I was like, okay. So we met for appetizers, and she was great. She was phenomenal. She actually had started a DPC with somebody else, and it just wasn't quite working out for them. And I told her, I was like, I am I don't think I'm ready to hire a provider, but I'm, I need to hire an administrative assistant. She's like, well, what if I'm your administrative assistant until you need a nurse practitioner? And I was like, okay, cool. But I'm not going to pay
0: you $60 an hour. Right?
1: Yeah. No, I wasn't. Um, yeah, she started out at $40,000 a year oh. because I was, I was a small, bit I have no money, right? No. Like I was barely paying myself. I mean, because I was reinvesting in the, in the business, right? I was very cash positive at that point, but like that was kind of scary. Um, so she came on and I quickly realized that I didn't really want to take any more patients. Um, but it was also great because when I was out of the office doing other things, she could cover for my patients, right? And so we quickly grew her panel. So I actually stopped taking patients. At 350, And I was like, I don't, I can't run the business and see patients. I can't, I can't take 500 patients. So over the next year, we grew her panel to about 300 patients. And then our goal was to get her to about 500. But I'd had a student that I thought was amazing. And she was, there was a moving situation involved. And so the timing wasn't exactly great, but we brought her on as well the following summer. So I hired one in 2020, one in 2021. How many patients did your second provider grow to? So she had about 350 when we hired the third provider. We really wanted her to be closer to 400 to 425, but that's because we expected her to max out at about 500. My business model might be a little different than others that we don't have medical assistance at all. None. It's just nurse practitioners. And then we have one practice administrator for six providers. And she does like the billing stuff and some phone stuff, but we as the provider do all the work. And so I think my provider's probably the max they can probably take is 450, just to make sure that they can still provide the exceptional care. And so, you know, I know there's some DPCs that take 600. um, And I just don't know that we can do that with our model. Now, if we brought in a medical assistant, maybe, but um, I think that's part of the beauty of our office is that when you call the office, you get the decision maker on the phone, right? You don't have to talk to the medical assistant who who's like, well, let me check with the provider. It's like, no, no, no. You just talk directly to the person that needs to make the decision. So yeah, Joanna was the first one I hired and she had about 350 when we brought on Katie. And then Katie grew faster than Joanna because we kind of cut Joanna down. And then Katie continued to grow. So we averaged between 15 to 25 new patients a month. On average, some were better than others. There was a, a January that we had 80 seven new patients and mm. it was in thing it was, it was crazy um but yeah it just continued to grow um we grew out of the initial space that I was in moved to another space that I was we went from 850 square feet to 2,000 square feet I was like this place is huge and within six months we outgrew it it's uh it's been a little crazy and then we got this bright idea like DPC is a service that people want and they need they just don't know it exists and so as soon as people learn about it then they come they're they're stuck for life right we have retention rate of our patients because they come and they love it and they're not going to change. And so we got this bright idea, like part of our struggle of getting businesses on board was our location, right? Because we, we just have one spot. And so we decided to open a second office. We opened one about 15 miles north of our current office in a little town called Liberty Hill, Texas. That is up and growing, and I mean it's just booming up there. So we opened that office last July, and we have just over 100 patients there, which hasn't grown as quickly as our others have. But there have been some circumstances of employees having babies, and you know the economy hasn't been that awesome this year, so it's been a little slower than we expected. But it's still—I mean, I can't argue with 100 patients.
0: So you have a dedicated nurse practitioner that just works in that clinic? Currently, yes. There's just one nurse practitioner up there. Once she has you know,
1: 350 to 400 patients, then we'll bring on a second one up there. That office only has room for two right now. If we outgrow that, we'll move to a different space. One nurse practitioner in Liberty Hill,
0: yeah. So you were originally paying that first girl 40,000 a year to be your administrative Mm -hmm. assistant. And then she started growing and got up to 350. What did it look like to treat Transition her as she's growing in her responsibility as a nurse practitioner, what did the compensation look like, the structure there? So all of our NPs have been hired at the same with the same contract. And it's 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 morphed
1: over time. When I first hired Joanna, she was doing the administrative stuff. And then we grew to the point where we needed somebody to do the administrative stuff. So I've only had my full-time practice administrator for about a year and a half now. So all of our providers start at $40,000 a year. They make $3,333 a month until their memberships exceed that. So all of my providers get paid a percentage of their memberships, which currently is 42%. It used to be 50%, but then the practice administrator came in and took a lot of the burden off of them. And so we had to figure out a way to pay her. All of my providers get paid 42% of their memberships. And so that break even point for them is usually around like 70 to 80 patients. And then their their salary will go up from there. So if you have a full panel of 450, 450 patients, I mean, my NPs are making 150 grand a year working so they're still
0: they're still getting the 40,000 base pay right Mm -hmm. oh okay it switches so once they get over that 40,000 threshold it's just based off their membership okay that's a Mm -hmm. great model because I wondered how that actually works so you have to be able to afford the 40,000 a year with what you're bringing in
1: and we realize that that is that may be a a problem moving forward because we want the best nurse practitioner I don't want I don't want mediocre nurse practitioners I need the best nurse practitioners to work in my office. And so we do understand that we may have to alter that moving forward. um, If we have the right candidate who's like, listen, I can't afford to make $40,000 a month for three, four or five months. Um, And so that's not, it's, it's how we've hired everyone thus far because it's worked. Um, Three of my current employees were previous students of mine, which I, highly recommend because I knew them so well and I taught them everything they know. So it was very beneficial. Um, But I can't say that moving forward, if I found the perfect candidate who was like, listen, I can't do that, that we wouldn't be able to work with them. But that is because we are bigger now, right? When I hired Joanna, I didn't have anything else to give her. Um, But now, I mean, our offices well over a million dollars in revenue. And so we can, we can mess with that. We can be like, okay, listen, we'll pay you. I don't know what that's going to look like, right? Like maybe we'll pay you $60,000 a year, but then when you get to your memberships, it's going to be a little different, right? To kind of offset that cost. I don't know. We're going to have to see how it goes so far. It's worked. Um, and I haven't had to change it and people are pretty happy with it. Um, we do also offer our NPs a 401k, they also get three weeks PTO um, and they get 10 paid holidays. So, and they work four days a week. So.
0: So does another nurse practitioner in the office take call for the other nurse practitioners so that they can actually have a day off because I'm a solo practice and days yep. off does not exist.
1: Right. And let me tell you, that is the best thing about having other people in the office is you can actually take off. And this was a, one of the the forces behind me expanding, I love to travel. I love it. It is my love language through and through, and I don't want to work when I travel and so having other staff to be able to cover while you're gone is amazing. Uh, but yes, we actually work in in teams um, where each nurse practitioner is teamed up with somebody else. And so whenever it's your teammates day off, you cover for them. Um, And so we haven't done the teams thing very long. That's, that's a new prior to that. It was just like, like today's a Friday, right? I don't see patients on Fridays. And so my staff covers my patients. Um, But also my patients are used to the fact that I don't work on Fridays. And so they get the hint like, Hey, if it's not something urgent, I don't need to call you on Friday. Um, because you'll just get deferred till Monday. So it's setting make sure and you set very realistic expectations and boundaries with your patients to make sure they understand because we all deserve a day off, and I don't need to get burnout. That's why I do DPC. So
0: so your patients are well aware that you take off a day of the week and they are not upset that, well, I pay a membership so I could access you twenty four seven. and so
1: I'll tell you, do not ever advertise that you are available twenty four seven because you aren't, I've done that. (laughs) Don't change that verbiage to unlimited care. There's legalities behind that because if somebody calls you at two o'clock in the morning and you don't answer, and you said you would give them 24 seven care, they can come back on you for that. So I was advised this by a lawyer once upon a time. So if you want to do DPC, say you offer unlimited care, not 24 seven, because here's the deal. This is direct permit care. This is not concierge medicine. You are not paying me $1,200 a month. Do not call me at 2am. There is nothing I can do for you at two o'clock in the morning. Nothing other than tell you to go to the ER. So no, don't call me. Um, so our MPs rotate call after hours, but unless a patient picks up the phone and calls our office and pushes one to leave an urgent voicemail and leaves me a text message, I won't respond to it. That's, you good. just have to, here's the deal. This, our memberships are 75 to $95 a month is incredibly affordable and if you don't understand the value of that then you're in the wrong place right and it's not that you can't get care on Fridays when I'm not there it's just if you need a refill of your medicine and it's not urgent the other ladies aren't going to fill it right Um, and I went in this morning because I had a patient who needed an injection so I went in and did it right like there are times where and I own the place so let's be honest I work every day but um, my other staff like I want them to have I'm away, right? Now, that being said, their contract does say that they work 40 hours a week. So if they have 42 charts that aren't closed, they might have to work on that day off, but I don't expect them to come into the office for sick visits or to do refills. And most of our patients, it's, we have an auto responder that says, Hey, Monica's out of the office on Fridays. The other providers will be monitoring her messages. But if this is something that's not urgent, she will get back to you on Monday. And that's the end of it. And most of the time we'll respond back like, Hey, can this refill wait until Monday? And usually they're like, yeah, it's fine. But it's yeah. funny how many of my patients are like, I know Monica's not there today. So can you just leave a message for her for Monday? Like they're just trained to do
0: that. So you don't have a separate cell phone that you use for your patient contact. What kind of program do you use?
1: Sure. So we use the, uh, we use Spruce Health. Uh-huh. So it comes through my cell phone. Um, so all of my providers have the Spruce app on their phone. So you can access it from your phone if you want, but pretty rare that I do. You haven't lost any
0: nurse practitioners? So I've lost one and it was because she had a baby. What so. happened to all those patients?
1: I had another student who was ready to come on board. And so she came on and took that panel of patients, Okay, which was and incredibly beneficial for her. Yes, she I got paid should... a lot more. And
0: mm-hmm. the, none of the patients were upset that they were just now paying for a provider. They had no idea what her bedside manner was or anything.
1: No, we sent out an email letting them know and let them know, like, listen, this is going to be your new provider let us know if it's not a good fit for you. But you know, if you hire the right people, it's fine. In fact, as of February 1st, I am actually not going to see patients anymore. So all of my patients just got an email middle of December that said, hey, just so you know, Monica is stepping down from seeing patients. I can't grow this business and see patients. And not one of them sent me an email that was like, I'm out, I'm done (laughs) with you. I got many emails that said, I am so sad to hear this, but super happy for you. Just let me know who my new Provider will be. And there's four options, right? So we said to them, listen, if you have a preference of one of the other ladies, let us know and we'll try to meet that preference. You know, DPC is all about the relationships, but I will tell you the other providers in my office are just like me, but they're nicer i mean to be honest they really are and it's because i'm the business owner right so i i'm the one who worries about people's paychecks and so you know if you have the right people in place then no no one's going to get angry about it and you know i made a not great hiring decision earlier this year Um, I hired a provider for her connections and not her fit with our culture. And it did not go well. I was thankfully really, she had a non, yeah well, she had a non-compete that I didn't know about. And she apparently didn't know about. So I had to let her go. So it kind of worked out without me having to um, actually fire her. She had to leave like legally, I couldn't keep her there. Um, So I feel like there's a higher power looking over me to be like, all right, Monica, you made your poor decision. I'm going to let you out with this one, but don't do it again. Learned my lesson for sure. But you, if you're going to hire another person, you've got to make sure that they fit your culture and that they it the DPC way. You have to check your ego at the door, right? Like these patients want a conversation. They don't want you to dictate to them what's going on, right? They're going to send you a text message and say, hey, this is my problem. I think this is what I need to do. They might be completely wrong but you can't say that to them. You have to be like, oh, I'm sorry to hear you aren't feeling well. Let's talk about this and then lead them down the right road, right? You can't just like walk into DPC and be like, I'm awesome. There's the door. Everybody's going to flood in. That's That's not. You got to check it at the door this is a, a coach player of situation where we really do value our relationship with these patients and they want to be heard. And that's part of it. I mean, everybody wants to be heard, whether it's in healthcare or when you're buying a car. Um, and so it's just that, that respect that you have to have for those patients. And so if you put the wrong person in the wrong place, your business is going down. So don't make the wrong hiring decision. Eat it's alive.
0: definitely obvious that a DPC provider has to have that compassion element. They have to be a good, listener. And there are some people that don't really fit that model and are better in the emergency room or somewhere where you don't really have to put on this game face or making everybody feel like they are your family. And Absolutely. It's complicated yeah. for some p- personalities, but other personalities can just mesh right in and sure. treat everybody like family. Those yeah. are your DPC. I mean,
1: we've all had that guy who works on your car, who's just like very matter of fact, he's like, all right, this is is." wrong this is wrong this needs fixed it's like okay i don't need my brain surgeon to have a good bedside manner right i just want him to be a really good brain surgeon that's not how it is in dpc like you need to have the personality that people like and people enjoy and you need to enjoy your job because otherwise people are going to know and dpc is a free market no one comes to my office because they were forced to they come to my office because they chose to come there And they can absolutely choose to go the other way. And so it's not like an insurance-based practice where, well, you have to come here because I'm on your insurance card. I'm your HMO PCP, so you're stuck with me. That's not how DPC works. DPC is a choice. People get to choose whether they're coming in your front door or not. And so you need to prove to them that you're the person for them. And if you're not the person for them, that's fine too. They just need to know that that's where the front door is.
0: So do you cover all the malpractice insurance for all these nurse practitioners?
1: Yes. So they are all covered under our business malpractice. And we also cover all of their licensure fees and they get a $500 CME allowance every year. Here's the thing. If you're going to hire somebody, you have to think about what you would want as a provider right you're not hiring a cashier guy you're hiring a professional and so i know there's dpcs that hire 1099s and basically treat them like a barber shop right where it's like okay you have a space here but you're going to pay me for your software and for this and for that. I pay well over $500 a month for each of my providers just for their software. I eat that cost because if I was the provider, I don't want to deal with that. If I wanted to deal with that, I would have started my own business. And so when all of my employees are W-2 employees, I get it. I probably, I pay more in taxes for them, but this is why they stay with me. And without my NPs, I have no business. If mm-hmm. if Joanna comes to me tomorrow and says, I'm out, I'm screwed. Squ- And so I do everything I can to make sure that these NPs feel valued and feel empowered and that they love their job and that they feel like they're well compensated. Because if not, they're going to go somewhere else. Every day that I have a new NP start in my office, they get a handwritten note from me that says, welcome to your last first day of work. Because I hope every NP retires from my office because turnover sucks and turnover is hard and training is hard. And if you get them in there and make them happy and make sure that they understand their value... You're fine. And so when you build that culture, people don't leave. And that's what you need.
0: Yes. You are so full of good information. Um, So are you taking care of 500 patients by yourself? 540. So yes, girl, but I have an office manager that works three days a week. I have right. a receptionist that works on the two days that she does not work. And I have a medical assistant that works for me four days a week. So both of us are off on Fridays. So we don't see any patients in the office on Fridays. If someone's desperately needing to talk to me about something, I'll just do a telemedicine. But actually, I didn't really know about Spruce until the last interview that I did. So I bought a new cell phone. So all my patients text me on a cell second cell phone that I carry around that's my DPC phone and that's how I do it and I like it because I can keep a record of all the text messages and stuff so that's nice and then I can FaceTime them because it's an iPhone so that's nice and then I use Google Meet if they have an Android
1: Yeah. But I will tell you I think Spruce is a a phenomenal tool what EMR do you use? uh,
0: That's what I was going to ask you I'm using eClinicalWorks but that's only because I you know since I just switched over in April. This is the EMR that we were using when I was doing fee-for-service, and I still have about two more years left on my contract with them. What are you using? So we use Alation okay.
1: and Spruce, and H- who who does your membership management?
0: My office manager.
1: You don't have a system that does that? No. Oh, girl, you're working so hard over there. Does Alation do that for you? No, Hint does. Oh, so you so have Elation, Hint... Hint, and Spruce? Yeah. Yes, which isn't ideal, but they all talk to each other. So, when a patient wants to register with your office, do they have to like actually talk to your person? They have to go to my
0: website, and uh-huh. right now I have a waiting list because I don't have another nurse practitioner. So, anybody where interested? Where you? Where are you? Your I'm office? in Memphis. Okay, there's got to be a good NP out there. There are great nurse practitioners. You just transitioned from your old
1: clinic to your new clinic with the same name. Yes, you're doing a lot of work that software will do for you. So Hint is our membership management. So our patients, if you want to become a patient in my office, you go on Hint, you put in your name, your address, your birthday, you pick which provider you want to see, and then it asks you for your credit card and it processes it every month. And that's it. And then after that, it prompts you to go to Alation where you can schedule your new patient appointment. Hint then creates your chart in Alation and it also creates your telecommunication in Spruce. So I have your name, your date of birth and all your information in Hint, Alation and Spruce. And we actually have a Google Chrome extension that will search between them because Hint is kind of like having another employee. It's kind of like what your office manager does, right? So if your credit card doesn't process, it'll send them an email like, hey, your credit card's not processing. Now my practice administrator still has to chase down people occasionally, but it's like less than 1% that she's actually chasing down because hint sends them all this stuff and you need to have a phone tree, right? So when people call your office, first of all, if you change your name, then they're going to be like, Oh, who is this? Who am I calling? And so like, we're transitioning this, this office from insurance base to us, right? So we're completely changing their name. I did not buy their business. I bought their asset, And so when they call, they will get, this is impact family wellness, not country meadows clinic that it used to be. And then if it said, if you are looking for your records, or you have questions about the new practice, push four, and they're only going to get a message machine. They are not who I should be talking to. I'll call them back if they have questions. Or if it's like, hey, if you have questions about the new DPC practice, then I'll talk to you. First, I'll also let you set up automatic responses to that. So let's say they do call and they leave a voicemail for extension number nine, like, I don't understand DPC. Then you get an auto responder back to them says, hey, sorry we missed your call. Check out our website here that has videos and information of what your new clinic is. We're not taking patients, but you can join the wait list. And then as soon as you hire said new person. So the beauty of DPC is you have to cut out your overhead. And so if you're paying for three people to work for you, you're the only one making money. You're the only one bringing in revenue. So how can you automate systems? Like maybe your receptionist loses her job. Maybe that's that's actually who loses her job, which which isn't great, but you could also hire another NP. And now you can take care of a thousand patients instead of 500 patients. Yes. And revenue is going to double. I thought... Kent was also an
0: EMR, is it not? It is.
1: It's They have an all-in-one solution, but it is not ready for a practice of my size and probably not ready for a practice of your size. I only, It's only me. Yeah, well, it's not going to be for long.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm all about yeah, gonna... um, minimi- minimizing my responsibilities in life. For crying oh. out loud, I started a podcast. Maybe that's my second child right here. <laughs> Maybe so,
1: but you're, you need another NP just so you can go on vacation.
0: Yes, I do. I need a vacation. That's true. It's really sad when you take your patients with you on vacation.
1: Yeah. I'll also tell you being a sole provider in an office is somewhat frightening at times
0: because there's times where I'm like, what the hell is this? What do I do with
1: this? Right. And so it's really nice to have people to bounce ideas off of. And camaraderie is great. Now, granted, I went from just me, like I had no staff at all to hiring another NP. You do have support staff in there, but you should really look at what is making you revenue and what is not. And I'm going to tell you, if you're in Memphis, like Memphis, is proper? I'm in a suburb, Arlington. Okay. You really need to pay attention as a business owner. Like this is the problem. We're all nurses, right? We have have three degrees in nursing, not one in business, but you have to look at what is making you revenue and what is not. And the things that are making you revenue need to be top priority.
0: And so how much is your monthly responsibility between Alation, Hint, and Spruce? So Spruce is $49 per provider, per user. And then, and
1: that's for a fax and a phone number. Alation is, I think, $275 if you pay annually per provider, for support staff. And if you have a, like we have supervising positions in Texas. So our on-call provider, he doesn't count. Like we don't have to pay for him.
0: Yeah. Same. Um,
1: And then Hint, they've changed the whole Hint plan. Um, It's based off of revenue and number of patients. So monthly I pay now like $750, but when I started, it was like 50 bucks. So you'd have to talk to them. It's based off of revenue and the number of patients you have. At this point, Hint has a monopoly on my practice because they... They have all of my credit card information, but it... Hint is just a whole like thing. It gives you numbers and reports and I mean just so much information, especially if you have more than one provider. Like it's very helpful to get the that information. You can do charges that way. Like we don't have an actual credit card machine in our office. It's all just through hint. So if we need to bill for a flu test, we just bill it directly through hint. So it's all like built in there.
0: So someone comes in, they get a flu test and it's twenty-five dollars. You're not taking twenty-five dollars, you're billing them, but are they paying? paying that right then and there or do they do you have to trust that they'll pay it um so everyone's credit card is on file
1: in hint or some payment form so i after i do the test i send a message to my practice administrator through spruce an internal message that says hey bill this patient for a flu test and she bills it that day if it doesn't go through she will contact me so yes there's a little bit of trust there but typically we don't have an issue with it but we voice it the same day
0: and the patients understand that they have those extra costs
1: yeah i mean every for the most part everything's included in our office except for flu shots, flu tests, COVID tests. Um, and then for their labs, right? If you need a urine culture, it's 12 bucks. So
0: well, not only have you been informative to the nurse practitioner world, but you've helped me also. <laughs>
1: yeah, you just need to hire an NP, man. I've been doing this for a while now. And I've learned a lot, right? Like these sorts of conversations, my husband, like you should just become a consultant, you just need to help other NPs start their DPCs. Because I have I have the I have the magic now I know the softwares, I know how to do this. I've looked at all software is like we use multiple softwares like we use loom to record videos for our patients we use zentake as our forms there's a ton of softwares out there that will make your life easier and that's really what it's all about is making things easy like we don't have any pieces of paper in my office but there's just ways to do it and you just got to make sure that whatever's bringing you revenue is what you focus on
0: so you're about to turn over all your patients and yeah. so tell me real quickly. What does your future look like? What do you see yourself doing at this point? I'm going to travel every day. No, I'm kidding. Um,
1: So I'm just going to be the CEO. And it's funny, people are like, congrats on your, uh, your promotion. I'm like, no, 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 guys, I've always been the CEO. I've just also been taking care of patients. So obviously, day to day operations is all on me from new products to checking revenues, doing looking over bookkeeping. Um, I also do a ton of marketing. I love going to networking meetings and meeting new people and telling them, who we are and what we do. Um, so growing the businesses, growing the practices for my providers is really a big focus, but also the, the HR side of things and getting systems in place. So one thing that right now I'm sure you know how to do everything in your office, you know, all of it, but if you brought in another provider and they had to do your job, how do they know how to do that? Right? Is it in, is it on is it on paper? Is there a way for somebody else to do it? Because right now, if you you look at your business, if you wanted to sell your business today, what is it worth? And the question is probably not that much, but only because you play such a giant role in what you do without you, that place doesn't function. So everything that's in my head has to get on paper in order for me to have an exit strategy in let's call it. My plan is nine years because that's when my son graduates from from high school. There's a difference between selling a job and selling a business. And so my goal is to make sure that this business is ready to either run without me so that when I'm 50 in nine years that I can sell this thing and go live my life. Or I can just be the owner and pop my head in twice a month and be like, Hey, everything cool. Awesome. Because then I just have to replace a CEO. I don't have to replace a provider that also can be a CEO. And so that's my big job going forward. I feel is to make sure that systems are in place so that this place can run without me so that I can step away from it more and travel more and do what I want to do, but also continue to grow it. Right. So we've opened a new practice now every year for the last two years. And so that might continue. Right. So as long as we can get the growth, then maybe I have seven offices, or maybe I do start consulting and helping other NPs do this. I also love to speak. And so I'm hoping to do some like talks at um, some of the national conferences on DPC because people just don't know it's a thing. I feel like there's so many amazing nurse practitioners out there that just need to know this is an option mm-hmm. and they need to go do it, but they just don't know because it's not talked about. Not not everybody got the cool Facebook message that you and I did. And so I'm hoping to to get on a few stages and do a few things and, you know, make some changes in the well, world. Well, you
0: know, and I was thinking the same thing. It's like, I, I almost immediately felt like I wanted to share this whole DPC experience with every single nurse practitioner I could find. And I was thinking, how could I do that? And I listened to a bunch of podcasts, which is how I got into thinking, maybe, there, maybe there's a podcast out there for DPC nurse practitioners or something no there's not there's not a one there is one really great dpc Uh, podcast out there, but it's just doctors. And I love listening to it. But we are also in the world of family practice. And we are also a very um, monumental part of healthcare. And so Mm -hmm. I just felt like, how can I get the word out when I'm just this little person from Arlington, Tennessee? I mean, people know me in this community. But outside of that, I'm not, you know, really well known. I don't even like to post a lot of messages on Facebook. I don't like getting on social media but um but I felt like this avenue is definitely hopefully I just need to make sure I continue to get a good response from nurse practitioners that are willing to share their story like you and maybe at some point when I get about 10 or so business owners interviewed I'd like to maybe circle back around and maybe interview one of your employees and get the perspective of what it's like to work for a DPC clinic but you don't necessarily own it you know. Sure
1: yeah no And the thing is, there's DPC conferences all over the place but they're so doctor centric yes. that it's it's sad. DPC is exactly where an NP should be and especially because we have more time to do the research so that if we don't know what's going on we can ask a colleague Rubicon MD is freaking amazing we use it all the time um, call your buddy who's a cardiologist and be like hey uh, is this a problem? Okay yeah let me send them over to you and it's just having that time to do it.
0: Okay do you mm-hmm. have any last thing that you want to say before I mean... closing Amanda, I feel like, feel like we could talk
1: here for hours. Um, so yeah, I, if somebody has questions about DPC, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm here to help. It's, it's a great thing, not only for providers, but especially for patients. And so the more nurse practitioners that do it, the better off we are. So I'm here to help. If anybody has any questions someday, I might charge for it, but for now it's free.
0: Perfect. I will send people your way to impact family wellness. Thank you so much for talking to me today. And absolutely enjoy the rest awesome. of your weekend, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us today on the DPCNP. We hope you found our conversation insightful and informational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast so that you do not miss an update. And don't forget to leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps others discover our show. We love hearing from our listeners. Feel free to connect on our social media, share your thoughts, your suggestions, and even topic ideas for future episodes. As we wrap up today, We are so grateful that you chose to spend a part of your life with us. Until next time, take care. This is Amanda Price signing off. See you on the next episode.